It doesn't have to feel like a life-changing thing to be life-changing. It can be life-changing for your kids to get down and play with them. And it doesn't have to feel like it's, you know, moving mountains for you. It makes the hugest difference in your kid's life. Hi, I'm Brandon. And I'm Megan. And we're on a journey to improve our marriage, our family, our faith, our fitness. Well, just about everything. Along the way, we might accidentally give a tiny bit of solid advice. So join us as we chat each week. Welcome Welcome to to the the Fools in Love Podcast. Hi guys, welcome to episode six, where we're talking about focusing on the family. Now, I know, I know, everyone's always like, your relationship should be the number one priority, and the kids are second. And I do agree with that. But right now, we're in a place where our kids are young, date nights are few, and we just do more as a family right now than as a couple. So, we are not saying abandon your marriage by any means, but we do want to chat a little today about ways we make sure we're keeping our family a big priority. We want to not only have a happy marriage, but also have happy and healthy kids who know how much we love and care for them. Oh, yes, that's so true. Kids, kids, kids. Well, welcome, everyone. I think Meg led in perfectly there with the fact that we do focus a lot on being strong as a married couple and being strong together. Totally, it's important to show that to your kids and show them that you love each other, that you're spending time on your relationship. But like Meg was saying, all too many times, at least for us right now, uh, we have a daughter who's four and a son who's one and a half. And let me tell you, by the time the kids go to sleep, it's uh, more like bedtime than daytime. <laughs> Definitely. we. <laughs> it's been a while since we got out for a date night, but it's actually a perfect way to tell you about the first thing we do as a family because we do family dates. So we like Brayden was saying, our daughter's four, and she loves the opportunity to go on a family date. I think it makes her feel super cool. She gets to be a part of that, and our date nights are not anything fancy by any means. They are like chilies, and, uh, you know, sometimes the mall play place. (laughs) Yes, yeah. So we, we make a big deal about going out on family dates because who honestly wants to sit at home? I mean, a lot of times it is nice to sit around at home, but also it's so nice to go out. But the problem is with the kids, it's hard to keep them entertained and keep them thinking that it's fun to go out because it's just boring to them. So we made it a big deal. We said, let's go on a family date night. And then it's a huge thing. I mean, we're going to Chili's. I mean, come on guys, Chili's, does it get any better than that? Fine dining at its best. And then, uh, you know, the I will say this though, it did kind of backfire because I talked recently about me and Megan going out on a date and Harlan goes, we're going out on a date? We're going on a family date? And I'm like, uh, no, not so much. <laughs> but yeah, it's totally important. And like Meg said, it's it doesn't have to be anything crazy. I think a lot of the times it's just getting the kids out of the house at the end of the day, especially if you've been cooped up, you see a big difference in your kids if you can get them out and just experience a a different environment and a different pace and a different place. We actually started calling them family dates because our daughter was so jealous of us going out on dates. Like a few years ago, I feel like we said we were going to go out on a date and Harlan really wanted to come with us and we had your parents watching her So she was just totally, totally just devastated about the fact that she couldn't go on this date with us. And then family dates were born. 
Yet again, I'll say it's it, the, the important thing is just getting the kids out of the house and having a change of pace. I mean, it's important for us too. I mean, trust me, there's plenty of days that for my own sanity, you know, we just need to leave the house and change where we're at. Ultimately, it's just important to, even though it's a struggle and even though it's hard to, you know, sometimes think about getting the kids out, especially when you got a thousand things going on, it is important to have family date nights. Now, one of the other things we do and one of the things we've instituted very recently, and if you guys have listened to us at all for even a little bit of time, you'll know that we take our fitness pretty seriously, at least as of recently. This wasn't always the case. Uh, we are reformed couch potatoes who uh, now have run a half marathon, but we instituted because we were like, how are we going to run? You know, right now in the winter months, it gets really hard because, you know, the daylight doesn't, doesn't isn't out. I mean, if you get up really early in the morning, like they would say, it's pitch black out. And I don't want to be running in the pitch black. I don't want Meg to be running in the pitch black. And then, you know, when we get out of work, it's around five o'clock and it's already getting dark. And so what me and Megan used to do when we first started running is Megan would run one night and I would run another night. And then that was all well and good until the weather got cold and it got dark very early. And then it became very difficult for us to get out and actually do that. And so we were like, hey, let's try to go on a family run. And family runs are no joke, by the way, because when you go on a family run, you obviously have to take your kids with you. We have a double stroller. It's a double jogger. And that sucker is not light, especially when you put our children into it. So I'm I'm terrible at pushing it. And poor B has to usually take the the bulk of the work because I just can't. I mean, I really cannot run with that stupid stroller. So we kind of just take turns back and forth. He definitely does it more than I do, but we have to push that beast. And I think it definitely adds to our workout. For sure. It adds to our workout. (laughs) And there's plenty of times where we're coming up to a big hill on the normal route that we take and we just have to tag team it. Meg will grab one side. I'll grab the other. And honestly, we just switch off between who's almost dying or about to pass out and who's not and we'll take those those uh trips in stride but i will say too like when we ran that half marathon there were moms running an entire marathon or entire half marathon with a kid in a stroller and that is just no joke like i don't understand it is so hard to do it anyway but if you want to build up your endurance for a race like that just run with your kids in a jogger because by the time you get to race day if you drop your kids off and you're not running with them it's going to be so so easy but one of the most important things for us too with that is you know running is important to us and being fit is important and i think it's important for your life your health your mindset, everything, just getting yourself out there and being fit. And I, and I get everyone is going to say that they, they're not interested in going running. Okay. Well, it doesn't have to be running. It can be anything, but running is just something that me and Megan enjoy. And I use that term very loosely because to say we enjoy it (laughs) is a stretch. We enjoy it after the fact. I will say it is nice to get out when you're doing it by yourself and we enjoy it after the fact once we've said we've done it because honestly no one can take it away that you have done that. But it's it's something that we can tolerate doing that is good for our health and good to mirror for our family because one of the things we show on these family runs and I think Meg would agree is we're showing the kids how important fitness is. Yes, I was just going to go there actually. So it's funny you said that, but 
we love that the kids get to see us do that. I mean, they know, obviously, when we're leaving for a run by ourselves, but I think it's even cooler when they get to come with us because especially Harlan, our four-year-old, she really gets what's happening and thinks it's pretty sweet that she's invited along. And I hope that she takes that motivation as she grows and really wants to do fitness, something fitness-related for herself too. And we've already seen that really because there's been plenty of times where <laughs> she's she has her own little running gear and she's wanted to put on her running pants and her shirt and she wants to go out and run with us, you know, to the next driveway or the one after that. And it's just a way really to get her outside and get our kids to enjoy being outside. I mean, honestly, it helps them to get the fresh air. It helps us because we're able to accomplish our exercise in a way that we wouldn't be able to otherwise. But it's a good way to get them out. Again, experience the outdoors, which I think we can agree all of our kids need a little more outdoor time. (laughs) I know for me, not to go off on a tangent, but in the good old days, we spent a lot of time outside. And nowadays, it seems like kids just don't spend any time going outside and having some fresh air. And honestly, everything shows us that sunshine, fresh air, it helps everything. So also they think they're super cool because we're listening to music. We have our uh, jogger that we can hook our uh, iPhone up to. We can talk. The kids sing, they play, they eat a thousand bags of pirate's booty or goldfish or whatever the cuisine is of that day. And The most important thing is it's instilling the value of exercise and it's showing them that it is an important thing in your life. I think we can all agree that that's worthwhile. The other thing that we do with our kids, kind of going with the outside theme, is that we play with them. We, and maybe this isn't true for you, but we seem to notice that when we go to the park with our kids, there are just tons of parents who are sitting on the bench, you know, on their phones or whatever. And that's just not how we roll. I mean, I'm sure there's a million reasons why you would do that. And that's totally fine if that's you. But we just prefer to actually get up and play with our kids, especially when we're at the park or running outside or whatever. We just like to do that not only for the activity, but it just shows them how important they are to us when we actually want to do things with them and get off our phones. Just show them how fun it can be to play around on the playground or go swing or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And again, as Megan was saying, uh, <laughs> that is what what we do. And, and we like to get up and play. I mean, I'm a goofball, so I like to go out and run around with our kids too. The one thing I can say is if you're a stay-at-home mom and you've been playing with your kids all day <laughs> and you're trying to get to the park for a little rest, obviously, again, it's not coming from a judgmental place. It's like whatever works for you is great, but we do see the benefits of going out and actually playing with our kids and they get a kick out of the fact that we're out being being crazy with them and I think it adds a lot of value and it just builds more of our relationship together. Yeah, if you want our kids to be excited about life, all you have to do is take them outside and be playing tag or hide and seek. I mean, we can do it for 10 minutes in the front yard even and it's like a big huge deal for them. They laugh and think it's hysterical. They have this little tiny play set out front. And it's just basically a slide. It's, we call it the clubhouse and if we just go over there and hang out for a little bit, they love that too. So, anything we do with them outside, it they love it. Yeah, if you want to see uh, a four-year-old and a toddler live their best life, you just agree to play tag or hide-and-seek with them around the yard or in the house, you will see their eyes light up and it'll just be, it'll change their world. And honestly, it makes me happy on the inside to know that something that little and that takes that little effort is actually making a big, big difference. 
And that goes to the next point too. We we do try to get them outside, but we also play indoors with them. There's plenty of times where you'll find me or Meg playing uh, Barbies, playing the food truck. Uh, they have this Fisher Price food truck, which is really cool. I'd highly recommend it if you have younger kids. This is yeah, this is not a promo for it or an endorsement, but. Uh, I do get no pr- profits from this, but uh, <laughs> but I do actually think it's a it's a great thing. It helps the kids to role play, and they really have a lot of fun with it. But we do try to play with them inside too. I mean, not the whole time. I mean, there's plenty of times where we have them go do something by themselves. I mean, obviously we all have to get things done. But I think the biggest point here is it's just the little things that are making a big difference. It doesn't have to be life changing. I guess I'll say this. It doesn't have to feel like a life-changing thing to be life-changing. It can be life-changing for your kids to get down and play with them. And it doesn't have to feel like it's you know moving mountains for you. It makes the hugest difference in your kid's life. Yeah, the biggest example I have of this one is just that if I, if Harlan in the morning asks me if I'll play Barbies and I tell her, like, I can't right now, but I'll play with you tonight after your brother's in bed. We'll play for, for a little bit after bed, after he's in bed. And she will look forward to that the whole day. I mean, the whole day she's talking about it. She can't wait for it. And then the second it's getting close to his bedtime, she starts asking about it. And I have to remind her, you know, it's almost time for Buddy to go to bed. And then we'll do it. And she gets so pumped. So it's 10 minutes of my life, you know. And it it sustains her for a whole day. (laughs) So that just shows you that it's not like, I mean, we're not sitting there playing with our kids 24 hours a day. But when we do take that little bit of time, it makes a huge difference. Yeah, we also, one of the fun things we really like to do with the kids too is to play board games. You know, it's a really easy way. It's a very easy way to learn new things. It's a very easy way to play. It's something that's really enjoyable for us. I mean, you'll find us any given nighttime, usually after Maverick's in bed. I mean, he's one and a half, so he's not really playing a lot of games. But me and Harlan will get down with some Guess Who, Shoots and Ladders, Candyland. What else am I forgetting, Meg? Oh, gosh. <laughs> the surprise slides game. <laughs> and I think you hit all the big ones. Hi-ho, Cheerio. Cheerio. Yeah, so we really enjoy taking the time to actually play with our kids, too. One of the things I did want to say as, a, as I'm just thinking out loud here is a lot of you might be coming from a place where your kids aren't as young as ours, but these things and spending the time with your kids is still something that I, I highly recommend. Think back to your childhood. Even when you were older and when you were too cool for school, It still was really cool to have your parents give you some attention and actually pay attention and be interested in what you're interested in. And it might not be games and it might not be, you know, playing outside when they're a teenager, but it easily could be something that they're interested in, something that you're interested in, that you'd like to show them, something that you enjoyed when you were younger. Kids love that. Even though they put up a front that they don't think it's cool or they think that you're just lame or whatever if you think about it, I think you know that when you think back to the time when you were a teenager, it was also nice to have those moments with your parents. Yeah. For for me, I know that when I was growing up, my mom would take me and my sister and we would just go on like our Saturday dates. We would hit up Target, hit up to the hit up the grocery store, do nothing of real importance. But I still remember that. And when I am able to see my mom and my sister and I don't have the kids with me, that's what we like to do still. We still want to go look around Target and go get groceries and hang out at home after that. The other thing we like to do with the kids is we love to read with them. Our son is 
still pretty young to be a lover of reading. So hopefully that changes as he grows up a little bit. So a lot of this is stuff we'll do with our daughter. Because I love to read so much, I really, really do want the kids to love it. So the best way for me to introduce them to reading is to try to make them read with me all the time. Yeah, so every night, I mean, when we after we put Maverick to bed, we have a whole bedtime routine with Harlan, but we actually will read to her. A lot of times we'll let her pick books. Sometimes we'll try to pick books. One of the things I'll say is we we pick books out as a family when we're buying books too. Like Harlan has her scholastic or we'll go to the bookstore and she'll see books that she likes. And that's important too, to pick out things that your kids actually enjoy. I remember when I was a kid, I always enjoyed reading. I always did. I remember from a time when I was really young, I enjoyed reading. I enjoyed having people read to me. But then there was a time when I went to school and I was told what I had to read and it wasn't things I was interested in. And it makes a big difference if it's something that you're not interested in. If it's something you are interested in, you're going to be excited about it and you're going to be excited about doing it. And that goes for anything else in this world. But when you're reading, it's also important to let your kids pick out the books and have some input at what you're reading. And now look at me. I'm on a challenge where I'm reading 100 books this year. 14 books in, Meg. 14 books in. 14% done. I am so proud of you. That is amazing. So kind of speaking about reading, we also will do devotionals as a family. We right now are doing a Veggie Tales devotional that Mimi got for Harlan. We really think that's a, a cute and simple devotional. doesn't go over her head or anything. So that's been really valuable for us as a part of our nighttime routine too. Yeah, it's so, so important. Again, we've talked before about values, but instilling those values uh, in our kids is highly important. And the devotional just helps bring it all together. I mean, me and Meg are doing personal devotionals, so it's real easy to lead in with that. And Harlan thinks it's really cool to be able to do her own devotional because that's something that we're doing. One of the biggest goals is to make our kids know Jesus. And we want to make sure that we're constantly keeping Jesus in the front and center of our home. And so the easiest way to do that for us is obviously to share our personal stories with our kids as much as they can understand, but also using a child's devotional. And they're so good and they've come such a long way recently where there's just so many opportunities to be able to talk about the gospel in a practical way for kids. Yep. And her favorite ones are the ones where they ask questions. She's always like, oh, does this one have a question? Because she really loves to answer the little prompts that they have in them. And then going along with the kind of Jesus theme, we also make sure that we pray as a family. The most, and along with talking about Jesus, we also make sure that we pray as a family. I think the biggest time that we do that would be before meals. Harlan will have a, she has sort of a list of prayers that she likes and she'll always ask someone to pick. And then we pray together as a family. And even though Maverick's too young to actually know the whole prayer, he will try to sing and say it along every single time. Yeah, and that actually leads into our next point, which I think it's really important and I get it can't happen every night before I even say it. I already hear the excuses coming out in your brain, but family dinners, family dinners are so important. And I think that's kind of gone out the window recently, but I remember growing up as a kid, my family got together every night and we had dinner together, talked about our day and sometimes we wouldn't talk at all, but we were all together. And I think it's really important to at least make that time. And I get it can't happen every night. And for us, we try to make it a priority where we can do it as much as possible, but just try to make it happen a couple times a week even, 
or even one time a week just to make it start because I think it's easy to get lost in the day-to-day and then kind of forget about checking in with your kids and where they're at because we have so much stuff going on as adults and we forget that they have their own world that's going on and they also need us and so again as little as your kids are or as old as your kids are they still need you. I still need my parents. I still need their feedback. It doesn't go away. I think even when you're an adult and you're making a lot of your own decisions, there's still times where you're going to go to your mom or your dad or someone you trust and ask them you know, for their feedback. And again, it all goes back to the dinner table. If you're sitting around the dinner table, it's an easy time. It's light. You're eating, so we're all happy. And you're, you know, just talking about your day. It's just, you don't have to force it. It's just something that kind of comes out naturally. Definitely. We have sometimes where Harlan will want to tell us every single detail about every single thing she did in the whole day. And other times she'll just say that her day was good and we'll kind of move on to other topics. Either way, she has the opportunity during dinner to tell us anything she wants to and whatever her mind's been on. Yeah. And that leads us to one of our biggest points in all of this, which is put down your phone. (laughs) And I know how crazy that sounds, especially because you're probably listening to this podcast on your phone right now. But when you are with your family and you're having family time, it's important to put down your phone. And I'm honestly one of the worst people at this and I'm trying to be better. I'm so trying to be better. I know Megan is too, but it's so easy to pick it up. And I mean, I don't know the recent statistics about how many times we pick up our phones in any given day, but when you're picking up your phone and you have it in front of your face, you're showing someone that that is your priority. I know sometimes between me and Megan even, it'll become an issue. If one of us has our phone and the other one's talking, do you really feel like that person is listening? And Meg always gets me because she always knows what I was saying, no matter what. Even if I try to catch her on it, she'll know what I was saying. But it's not the point. It's really just... I mean, what what were you taught as a young child? Eye contact when you're having conversations, giving feedback to let someone know that you're actually listening. And when you're on your phone and you're you're detached, I mean, even if you think you're there, you're not there. It's not allowing you to be fully there. And I mean, it's it's go back to the point before you ever had a phone. Trust me, you can live without it. Certainly, you can live without it for a couple stretches of hours until your kids go to sleep. Yep. And even though I do know what he's saying, as in I can repeat what he just said back to me, I will say that I I can't form a good thought around it. I mean, it's not like I can respond right then with some insightful remark or anything. I'm just regurgitating what he just said. So there is value in putting down the phone and actually hearing what that person is saying so that you can respond appropriately instead of like, "Mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm which is what I'm doing if I have my phone in my hand. (laughs) It's just a funny story too. I always find it interesting because I always have my phone in front of my face and it's always, and it's always sitting near me. Right. But then you know how sometimes you go to the store or you go somewhere and you just forget your phone at home. And then magically when you get home, well, first of all, when you're out, you feel completely naked without it. It's like, how am I living without it? I keep feeling for it. And that's how you know you're addicted to something, by the way. I'm feeling for it when it's not even there. Okay? I mean, seriously. And then you get home and you've missed it for hours. Oh, you've how you've longed for it. And you pick it up and there is not one thing on there. Nothing. Not one thing has happened. Not one person has called. Not one text has come through. Not one alert has come through. 
And it's like, what were you really missing? What were you really missing? And I'm going to tell you, most of the time, what I would have been missing is flicking around on Facebook or Instagram for the 50th time to see if there's anything different. And trust me, there's not. And it's nothing that's not going to be there in a few hours. I actually just recently did an experiment on this whole putting down your phone thing. And I gave up my iPhone for a week. I woke up on a Sunday morning, handed my, my phone over to B and said, here you go. This is yours. Let's see how it goes. And I didn't use it for a week. If I needed to make a phone call or anything, I could actually like use it as a call, but I just had to go grab it from him. But other than that, I didn't use social media on it. I didn't do anything on it. I didn't listen to a podcast through it. Nothing. I did not have it with me. I didn't text people back or anything. It's crazy because you really don't miss a whole lot when you're off of your phone for a week. I know that some people are busier than others or, you know, need their phone for business or whatever. But thankfully, I have a million ways around that and I did not need my phone and because I used my, because I didn't use my phone for that time, I had so much extra time to actually like go read books and spend time with the kids. And I never felt like I was neglecting the kids for just having my nose in Instagram or whatever. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Recently too, just to add to that, I've been kind of on a, a mission of self motivation and self discovery. And I'm going to tell you one of the things that I've seen a lot is that reading more books is one of the ways to grow yourself and to be more intellectual and all the top leaders read more books and all the top leaders do this. Let me tell you what it never ever says what more of the top leaders do. More of the top leaders have a phone in front of their face or are clicking on Instagram or are clicking on this or click on that. Really, if you think about it, and again, I do it, I'm not trying to judge anyone. I do it just as bad as everyone else, but I'm trying to be more conscious of it. But if you pay attention to how much you're actually on it and what you're actually using it for, you'll see that it's not really adding any value. And instead, it's taking you away from things that are so valuable to your life. Like your family, to bring it back full circle. (laughs) All right, guys. I think that's about it for today. So we'll see you back here next week. Yep. See you next week, guys. Hey, thanks for tuning in another show of Fools in Love podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to our podcast or follow us over on Facebook at Fools in Love podcast or hit us up on Instagram. Megan's at This Average Mom and I'm at Brandon Giggling. We'd love to hear from you over there. Talk soon.